0: Welcome back to the podcast, everybody. Welcome to the art of being you. Man, I just have to stop for a second and tell you we crossed a monumental milestone last week, and it's all thanks to you. We officially crossed 10,000 downloads. This is a goal I've been working towards for quite some time. You guys know that. Actually, I should tell you, it's a goal I didn't even think was possible when we began this podcast almost two years ago. And I am just so thankful for all of you guys who have shared this with your friends, who've posted it on social media, who've texted friends and said, look, you got to listen to this. Man, what a blessing to have you in my corner. The reason why I do this podcast week after week is because I am committed to seeing people become free in Christ to be their true self. I know firsthand what it feels like to be trapped and feel like you don't like who you are, that you wish you were someone else, that you're convinced that God would prefer you if you were someone else. And I know what it's like to be liberated from that, and to rest and enjoy who you really are in Christ, and that's the whole reason why we do this podcast. I am absolutely passionate about seeing people become free to be who they are. That's the art of being you. So I just want to say thank you. I mean, wow, 10,000 downloads, just wow. Wow. And now we've got a new goal. Why don't we try to double it? I mean, it's a little bit crazy, right? But in two years, we hit 10,000. And so I think maybe we can hit another 10,000 this year. So I would love for you guys to help me out, share this, post it, tweet it, Instagram story it, whatever. Just uh, share it with your friends because, man, that means so much. All right. That's all I wanted to say about that because, man, wow, I just I'm still floored thinking about that. But today, I want to talk to you about the process of transformation, because the truth of the matter is that it does not feel good to be in transformation mode. I hope you know what I mean by transformation mode. I mean, this is the process that we are all in. When we say yes to Jesus, we make him our God, right? We, we get salvation, we get eternal life, we get forgiveness of our sins, but then we begin the process of becoming a disciple, and a disciple is someone who is like Christ, Remember in Genesis 1, 2, and 3, in the creation story, God says he make man and woman in his image and in his likeness. So you and I are like God, and then we are in this process that Paul articulates as calling from glory to glory. We're in this process where we are evolving, for lack of a better word, into a a more accurate picture of who Jesus is. Or should I say that's what should be happening in your life? Sometimes we resist God when he's trying to bring us transformation and growth, and other times we participate with him, but here's the key you might not know. God will be transforming you, and he will wait until you're ready. There's no escaping it. There is no, well, give me a few years, and then Lord, you know, I don't wanna do this, I don't wanna grow in this area, so when you're ready to work on this area over here, you know, I'm game, no, no, no. God is God. He knows exactly what you need to become more like him, and he is, unfortunately, or fortunately, depending on your perspective, he is committed to growing you in those ways. So what I wanna do today is just kind of talk about the process when we become goo. Do you know what I'm talking about? It's like that moment when the caterpillar becomes the butterfly. We all love this analogy, right? It's so beautiful, this ugly little squirmy kind of weird caterpillar creature makes himself into a cocoon and then emerges as a butterfly, and it's such an incredible thing. And then this butterfly is beautiful and intricate and, you know, glorious and, and flies where it couldn't fly before. And, you know, you've read all the books and seen all the analogies about it. But not very many people talk about what the caterpillar was experiencing when he became complete goo only to emerge as a butterfly. Here's what's interesting about the metamorphosis process. When the caterpillar becomes goo, it literally loses all matter. It becomes a completely different substance with the same DNA. This is what's mind-blowing to me about this process, is that the caterpillar probably doesn't even know it's holding the DNA of a butterfly. And when it goes through this process, the only way to become the glorious creation, the only way to emerge victorious, the only way to transform, is to completely lose everything it holds dear. In fact, its very life. Kind of reminds me of Matthew chapter 10, verse 39, when Jesus makes that famous statement, he who loses his life will find it. He's talking about those who, will, who try to keep their life, right? And he says, if you try to keep your life in this world, you'll lose it. But if you'll lose your life for my sake, you'll find it. What is he talking about? To become like Jesus, to go down this process of being a disciple, we have to become goo. That's right. I said it. We've got to become spiritual goo. And it is not fun. Can you imagine if you were uh, corn? Let me tell you this great story. A couple years ago, you've probably listened to this if you've followed along the podcast for a while. I talked about our spring break breakdown on one of our first episodes where we took our family on this supposedly epic trip to Colonial Williamsburg. My kids love history and all that kind of stuff. So it was supposed to be a great trip and wow, it was just one disaster after another. You can hear that story on that podcast. But one of my favorite memories now, now that I've slept and I've had a couple laughs and some other enjoyable moments since then, was my two-year-old daughter at the time who was, um, what do you call it, grinding corn. So we were on this Indian reservation reenactment thing, and they were showing what it was like as an Indian, as a Native American, in that time period in in the Jamestown settlement in the 1600s. And before I lose you in boringness, let me just tell it to you like this. There was this tree stump that was hollowed out and a little stick that you could stamp into the tree stump. And what they would do is put corn in there, and they would grind it down to make cornmeal. And the guides there told us that what they would do is the the little kids, the two-year-olds, the three-year-olds, that would be one of their chores, was to... To stomp on this corn until it became cornmeal. If you've ever mashed something like that, you know not only does it require a lot of force, it requires a lot of repetition, and it requires a long length of time. To grind something into a fine powder is not an instantaneous thing. When the caterpillar goes into the cocoon, he doesn't emerge 24 hours later looking you know, amazing like Sandra Bullock in Miss Congeniality when she has her makeover. There is a lot of time that goes into our transformation process, and in Christ, as we are becoming like him, what happens is that we become almost like a goo where we don't even know who we are anymore. And then we begin to be rebuilt by God's infinite love and mercy and kindness, and we emerge. But the emerging is not a week after salvation. It's not two weeks later. It's sometimes a years-long process. Kind of depends on where you were when you started the process. But look, if you were living a life and uh, for a long length of time without Jesus in your life being Lord, you can kind of expect a long length of time for transformation. Think about it like this. When a potter is making clay, right? When they're when they're making something on a potting wheel, they use the clay and they shape it. And if you've ever watched this process, it's kind of interesting. They they actually collapse the clay after they've built sort of what they want and they start over again. And when I think about the process of transformation with Jesus, what I think about is that there are seasons of life when God comes and he puts his hands around the clay of our life. He's molding it, he's shaping it, and it almost feels like the amount of pressure that he's pushing hits the very fabric of our DNA within us. It's like it's not just that he makes the clay back into a little mound and then starts over, it's like it feels that it touches the very depth of our soul. There's these moments when we wonder, what will be left of me when you're done refining and challenging and shaping and molding my life, Lord? And the promise of God is that if we will allow him to do that, if we will lose our life for his sake, we'll find it. I don't know about you, but in those moments, for me, it's when I realize maybe I don't trust God as much as I thought. For me, it's, it's when I realize that I'm not sure if I'm going to come through this. I don't know if this is going to be worth it. You know what I tell myself in those moments of transformation? To die is gain. To die is gain is gain. Listen, I'm not talking about physical death and I'm not talking about depression. And that needs to be noted here. When we're going through this process with God, it's not the same thing as clinical depression. I guess it could become that if we focus on the negative so much and we end up like our brain gets out of whack. But what I'm talking about is that moment that you probably know when you're, you're feeling like you can't die anymore to yourself, you're feeling like you can't change anymore, you are the goo. And it's in those goo-like moments when we're just a, a hump of mud on a potter wheel that we have to decide who are we living for and how are we going to respond when he wants to shape us into something different i heard this interesting phrase the other day and, and this person began to talk about our dreams and he said you know our dreams for our life can become the biggest stumbling block in our desire to fulfill our destiny from god our dreams for our life can become the biggest stumbling block When I heard that, I was shopping in Target. I was walking right past the crayon aisle. I know exactly where I was because my jaw hit the floor. Because for someone like me, who is a dreamer, that was absolutely true. God has never given me a prophetic word like, dream bigger, babe. You know, your ideas are too small because he knows my ideas are probably too big, actually. God has never come to me and said, look, you know what? You need another idea. <laughs> I'm an idea person. I, I, I think of them even in my sleep. And so when we're like that, our dreams can actually become a stumbling block because we get so focused on what we want out of our life. And simultaneously we're praying things like, God move me, you know, mold me. My church right now is singing this song about a refiner's fire, you know, and and it's like, yes, make me the clay that you want. Mold me into what you want, God. You can have my life. And he says, okay, thanks. And he begins to shape our life. And and then we're going, no, 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 no. I I had a dream to do this over here. I had a dream to, my dreams didn't include this. To die is gain. To die to ourself is gain. To lose our life, our ideas, our desires, our dreams on behalf of Jesus and his kingdom is the way we find ourselves. Such a paradox that we live in, right? Such a challenge to our self-preservation mentality. I mean, you and I as humans, we're born with this thinking to preserve our life, not only our physical life, but our reputation, our career, what does it look like to lay that down? What does it look like to cooperate with God inside of that cocoon when nobody can see how difficult it is to make that choice to follow Jesus? There's been times in my life where God has called me to different things, and it'll feel to me like this is the last thing I want to do, Lord. And I heard, I read this recently in a book I'm reading, and, and the author said it like this. He said, when you ask God, when you tell God, look, I'm your servant. I will serve you. Don't be surprised when he treats you like one. (laughs) Now we have to understand that God is a good father and he is a a loving savior and he's a, a best friend and the Holy Spirit is our comforter. But our Holy Spirit is our comforter because we actually need to be comforted at times. And not just because of the challenges of this world, but sometimes because of the discipline of the transformation process. Look, Today's podcast is for those of you that are going with God and you find yourself crumbling into goo on the inside. You find yourself realizing where your strength ends. You find yourself realizing where you don't have the natural abilities to do the things you thought God called you to. You find yourself realizing that to persevere is significantly harder than you had thought. You find yourself realizing that if God teaches you any more patience, you might just pass out. It's in those moments that you have to decide to cooperate with the Lord, to let him make you like him. Because on the other side, you emerge this beautiful butterfly. You emerge this beautiful piece of pottery with a specific function that can actually do its job. To live in Christ is amazing, but to die to ourselves is gain. He who loses his life for his sake will find it. That's my challenge for you today. In what ways is God challenging you to die to yourself? Here's what the world would say to you. To be your best self means that you get to look in the mirror and decide who that person is. You know, we want to be a certain type of an influencer. We want to have a certain type of a career. We, we pick our clothes to sort of give us this you know, impression to the world that we are like this certain type of person. But the question you really need to be asking yourself is, is that person that's your goal actually the person that God wants you to be? Is that who you really are? Because if not, then you're just wasting your time. You're resisting the Lord and the transformation process takes longer. I say this to you because I get it. On a very personal level, I get it. You know, A lot of the things that God has called me to are things that I wish he would have called me to something else. They're not necessarily things I have natural talents in. Shocker. Sometimes we think, well, God gave me these abilities and so he wants me to use them, and yes, that's true, right? But there's a deeper place in God where he says, I also want to use you in ways that it would only be my glory coming through you that you were able to accomplish this in the first place. To me, that's what discipleship really looks like. That's the goal of discipleship. Think about the disciples. Jesus' 12 disciples, right? Or We'll just say 11, and then we'll swap Paul out for Judas, and there we've got an even 12 again. Jesus looks at Peter, and he calls Peter to do the thing that is the hardest for Peter to do. He looks at John, right, the sons of Zebedee, James and John, and they're going, God, they're they're these men who are full of passion and zeal, and they're wanting to call down fire from heaven just like Elijah because people didn't like Jesus in that town. I mean, these are zealous, zealous guys, and then John goes on to be the love disciple. They get transformed. They get called into things that I don't think they were necessarily naturally gifted for, But the avenue of that transformation becomes the plane to see the glory of God. I don't know what thing God is calling you to. And I don't know if he's calling you to something that requires not using your natural abilities or not. But I know he's done this with me, and I know that I'm not the only one. There are times in our life where the only option we have is to tap into his strength his grace his energy to say yes to the lord again and again to say yes to the transformation process to let him build new skills in us to let him build new perspectives in us and i just want to be here to say to you that is a worthwhile journey it really is there's opportunity along that road to fall into depression, to fall into negativity, to fall into whining and complaining. And look, that's your job. That's the stuff that you can control. You can guard your heart and mind and you should. You should continue to think about the end goal that God is leading you to, the perspective of heaven, choosing to think about the pure, noble, just, merciful things like Philippians tells us to. I'm not saying be in denial. I'm saying have a goal that you're going into the goo and you will emerge. You're not going to lose yourself. When Jesus went into the wilderness, right, what was he being tempted for? He was being tempted to become his own master. I mean, think about it. All of the temptations that Satan was laying before Jesus were for Jesus to operate independently of God, to do what he wanted to do, to do how he saw fit differently than how God does. And Jesus goes into the wilderness and he is stripped down to the bare, the bare bones of his soul. And then he emerges with power and wisdom and confidence and anointing. Look, when you go into these wilderness goo-like seasons, you will emerge, and you need to remember that, because the enemy wants you to think that you're going to get lost in there, that you're going to get stuck in the goo and never transform, and when you get stuck in the goo and then you begin to agree with negativity and complaining and and you know blaming God and and really just spiraling down into the things of the flesh, then you actually don't emerge on the timeline that God wanted you to emerge in. So what do you do if that's you? What do you do if you're in that spot right now? Listen, you have the power to have another thought. You have the ability to shape your mind. Do like Romans 12 tells you and renew your mind. Focus on what the goo process is really for. Focus on who God is making you into. Focus on how the pain you feel in this moment is temporary. Focus on how when you lose your life, when you lose yourself for Christ, you will find it. You will come out more like him and it will be so worth it. Your best self is on the other side of the transformation. Your best self, the most patient, the most loving, the part of you that enjoys being who you are, the part of you that makes it through uh, challenging situations without spiraling out of control, that is on the other side of the transformation process. And God will take you through that, and you will come through better, stronger, and more like Jesus. I hope these thoughts are helpful for you today. Look, if you're in that process, just know I'm praying for you. You will emerge. It will be okay. God is doing something in you. And if you're not in that process and it's been a while, you probably should start watching because the way that it works in my life anyway is that about on a yearly basis, God wants to transform some big part of me. And you know what? At this point in my life, I just throw my hands up and say, make it a deep, thorough work, Lord, because I don't want to repeat this lesson in the future. And in the last, I don't know, 15, 20 years of my saying yes to God in this way, I have become... Uh, a person I would have never recognized in 1995-96. I would have never imagined I could feel this free. And I'm telling you the freedom is on the other side of the goo. It's on the other side of those moments where I've sat on my porch, I've sat on my bed, I've looked you know, at the wall in my closet and just thought, I don't know if I'm coming through this. I don't know who I will be on the other side of this. God is just taking everything away. And he's such a good dad that when he gives you the new thing, it's even better than you can ever imagine. You will get through this. You will emerge. I'm thinking about you. Until next time, be blessed.